On this week's episode of the Two Tools Baseball Podcast, we talk about Ellie De La Cruz and his monstrous debut. We talk about Luis Arise batting 400. Jacob deGrom lands himself on the IL with another major surgery. The Yankees are struggling. Corbin Carroll is absolutely breaking onto the scene. Shohei Otani is having some of the best stretches of baseball we've seen in our lifetimes. And we also give our top 10 power rankings for the first half of the 2023 MLB season. Let's get into it. Hello, listeners. My name is Alex Jonitz, and I am joined, as always, by my co-host, Travis Miller. I am more of a stats nerd. He was a total stud on his D3 college team. This is the Two Tools Baseball Podcast. Enjoy. What is going on, ladies and gentlemen? Welcome back to another episode of the Two Tools Baseball Podcast. Alex and I are coming to you. It is Monday, June 19th, episode 101. AJ, let's keep chugging towards that 200 now. Let's do it. Let's we, do it. We broke the uh, triple digits last episode, which was a while back. Uh, we did take about a three-week break. And uh, I will say there's there's some good housekeeping news to cover first that we'll get into. But real, uh, real quick, Travis, I cut you off. We're one day away from your birthday. Oh, yeah. Yeah. yeah, uh, yeah. Anything going on? Anything going on fun tomorrow? Uh, Not, nothing you know, much. Nice little, uh, I say a nice steak dinner. Old Bray at Chop House. Shout out to that. Oh, there you go. Uh, it'll be a little bit of old fashioned time. It'll be ribeye, you know, probably tomahawk time as well. You know, my combo, Alex, yourself. my combo is usually start off with the old fashioned. Maybe maybe two. We'll, we'll we'll see how it goes, and then you know you get you get some veggies in you. You get a nice wedge salad, <laughs> which is probably worse for you, but uh, you get that to start off with, and then you get towards the uh, you know the main course, which is of course the ribeye, uh, tomahawk steak, um, probably some potatoes in there as well. We'll see what the sides are going to be. We'll see what dessert's going to be, but um probably another nightcap in there as well probably a nightcap in there as well so yeah you're right you're right the big two six uh i think now is finally the time in my life where uh i guess the next big birthday is probably 30 but for all the women in my life i they for some reason they they like to celebrate every birthday my fiance lauren and my sister it's gonna be a big for deal some every reason. Time. It's like 27, 28, 29 is a big number, and I, to me, I'm just kind of like, well, I guess the be- next big birthday is gonna be thirty. But yeah, anyways, them. don't tell that to them. But uh, we're here to cover baseball now. But uh, yeah, so basically, getting into uh, some housekeeping stuff, Alex. We'll talk about Degrom. Last time we covered the sport, he was still healthy. He is not healthy. He will not be healthy for the rest of the year. And probably even on to next year as well. Uh, the phenom of L.A. De La Cruz made his debut. So that's going to be really exciting to see and talk about. Uh, and then we'll talk also about some possibly historic feats that may be happening this season as well. But let's get into it with DeGrom, Alex. That was kind of the biggest breaking news right after we recorded episode 100. Uh, he is down with Tommy John. It is very unfortunate because uh, I, th- I don't know if I tweeted out or I told you, but I think that this might be a huge, huge reason why he doesn't get into the Hall of Fame. Um, I think a big injury like this, where you're not going to see him for the rest of 2023, you're probably not going to see him for a good chunk of 2024, if not all of it. We'll see how he, uh, you know, how he rebounds from this injury and all the surgeries. Um, But 
he has had such a short sample size, a, a unbelievable sample size when you look at it, the last seven years or so, it's just been so dominant. But I just don't know if voters will give him the credit for being, uh, you know, that workhorse that has pitched, you know, 15 so years of excellent baseball, like a, like a Kershaw or like a Verlander. He won't have those kind of numbers. So I think it does hurt him a little bit. But let's jump into it. Give me your take on DeGrom. I want you to see, I want you to answer, does this hurt his Hall of Fame shot or chances? And then also, what does this now mean for the Texas Rangers? They are one of the best teams in Major League Baseball. We'll cover them later on when we do our power rankings. Um, it's basically 80 games in. It's a, it's a half a season done. We'll do some power rankings. But give me your take on how, the, how this affects the Rangers, how this affects DeGrom, and a possible Hall of Fame nod later on in his career. Yeah, it definitely affects it uh, quite a bit. The first thing that came to mind uh, when I heard about the uh, need for surgery, right? Because he was on the IL for a bit for like discomfort. Like he got pulled from a start and then he just kind of got evaluated and they kind of had to wait and see. It feels like there was a little like, I know I know that there was a, there was a little period there where we weren't exactly sure what the, what the deal was. And Travis, I know this because I traded for him in fantasy yep. during that time. He was just in the 10 day IL or 15 day or whatever. And it was like, okay. We don't really know when he's going to be back, but you I, had a you had another pitcher as well. What did you have another guy that was on the IL that? Sure, I got like five guys. I got uh, I know I got um I think Cobb just hit the IL. Edward Cabrera is that his name? Edward Cabrera. I, I just thought I saw someone else um, in the IL that had gone uh like to like a season-ending injury. No. Um, maybe. Okay. I mean, yeah, I mean, I, I just picked up Zach Neto like two days later. He gets yes, hurt. Yep. Yeah. It's just been kind of a, a disaster, but. Yeah, for me, I mean, let me look at my IL real, real quick. I mean, I have McCullers who, like, I don't know if he's Okay, ever, that's it, McCullers. I, I don't know. I drafted him. It was McCullers, yeah. I drafted him at the end of our draft because I'm like, he'll come back. Charles, <laughs> my, my strategy for fantasy is I'm just going to try to make the playoffs and then have the best team that gets hot at the right yeah, time. Yeah. And guys like DeGrom and McCullers, I don't care if they miss most of the season as long as they're there at the end. Yes. But the the takeaway, Travis, is DeGrom will not be there at the end. And and we've talked about that going into this season, going into this contract for the Rangers. Um, I told you when the deal happened that I didn't like the move because I think DeGrom should be the cherry on top for a contender instead of like a team that's still building. I was wrong about that because the Rangers are a contender and DeGrom was the cherry on top. However, they didn't save him for the end, like I kind of yep. thought that they would or should. I mean, it's going to be really difficult to convince a pitcher. I mean, it's pretty much illogical to convince a pitcher not to try as hard as during the regular season where every game does count to some extent. But in an ideal world, if you just saved him for the postseason and let him try to give it all he's got at that point... I think the Rangers would be like this really scary um, World Series winning threat. But as it stands, they try to get every, everything they could out of DeGrom in the regular season. Um, it looks like it looks like they've been fine without him, right? I mean, they've been able to coast on the backs of their other starting pitchers. But um, due to this injury, Travis, it definitely affects um, what I think the ceiling of the Rangers team is. I just... I'm not in love with the other pitching. I do really like Evaldi. I like them going into the season. I've kind of been high on them for a couple years now. I think like 20, 2021, I think I yep. like gave him like the second Cy Young vote, vote yeah. from, mm -hmm. from, from, uh, from, you know, my personal ballot. So I just like what he does um, as a pitcher. He like avoids walks and stuff. He just has a good, 
He's just he's just really good up there. In terms of Heaney, in terms of Gray, think um, Dunning. I'm not that sold on them. I think Dunning is just way overachieving. Um, a lot of his like ERA estimators, like FIP, expected ERA, they all expect him to you know step back. They think his ERA could rise up by like a full run uh, per nine. Um, you know by the end of the season. So I do think that, you know, what he is doing is, you know, he's been good for them, but I think there's a lot of overperformance there. So I, I, I'm just kind of a big believer that the Rangers uh, pitching staff will regress here. Um, you also know, I'm not like huge on Will Smith when he came in to face the angels. Yep. I just meatballs. I, I, I just kind of felt that we could do something. And there was a, there was a series where Wallach hit a double off the wall with two outs in the ninth off, off Smith. But um, yeah, long story short, Travis, I think that uh, without DeGrom, it will kind of stifle their ability to, you know, be this top tier team. But they still, you know, are definitely poised to make a serious push to be uh, not only a playoff team, but maybe a playoff team that can earn a buy. Um, there's no reason why they can't have World Series hopes as long as the rest of the team stays healthy. Uh, because usually one piece, losing one piece doesn't take out um, your World Series chances. But Travis, one thought that I had, um, and I have this thought about basketball players sometimes, but some some guys just seem like they're almost like pushing the limits of the human body. Yep. DeGrom just throws consistently 100 miles an hour with the fastball with great accuracy his slider is like 93 94 sometimes it just feels like the level that he is able to reach when he is healthy it almost seems like maybe the human body just cannot sustain that level of physical dominance and the, the the comp for me travis mentally is like zion williamson if you follow the nba he's just like this freak athlete that is just so big and like thick and like he's just a gigantic human being but he also is so like twitchy and bouncy and he can just jump up and get rebounds like crazy i'm like i don't get how a human body can like move like this with this amount of size and for me maybe Degrom is a simpler version of that just with his arm like maybe like the, the ability that he has to throw that hard control it um you know add that much spin onto his slider that is just like an unhittable pitch um, maybe maybe that's just part of um, you know a blessing and a curse where maybe the human body is not meant to uh, pitch 162 game season when you're that good. But yep. th- that was my little thought that I had. But um, and and now that we're on the topic of birthdays, happy birthday, Jacob Degrom. <laughs> I'm sorry, uh, just I'm turned sorry. 35 today. I just looked it up on Baseball Reference, Alex. And, he, and, and that's the worst of it, Travis. Is he will not be pitching again probably till. At earliest, 36. Yeah. could be 37 yeah. Yeah. years Mid, old. Like th- 36 and a half, you could see him back out there. If the if the Rangers are good next year, you could see him come back for maybe like August, a September start. Um, but even then, it's like, do you want to just, I don't want to say risk it, but just, you know, let him go out there. I, I mean, he's a dominant pitcher, but let him go out there and uh, pitch one or two starts, and then maybe the Rangers make the playoffs, and then he's fresh and ready to go for the playoffs. Would he be a little bit... Uh, you know, on the uh, on the scratchy side when it came to, you know, accuracy and, and how fast his fastball is going. Uh, it's kind of funny. He's actually born in a city in Florida called DeLand, DeLand of DeGrom, you know. So, uh, no, good input on that, Alex. I Again, we were both wrong. The, the Rangers are for real. They have an offense that is just insanely good right now. Josh Young at third base is, is an absolute stud. I think he has a good shot at possibly 
Um, you know, it's funny right now, the Rangers infield and the Blue Jays infield are really just battling it out for the all-star game. I mean, I look at, I guess you could also throw in Wander Franco for the Rays, right. but I look at Bo Bichette and I look at Corey Seager. It's really going to battle out between those two. I, I actually, I mean, I, I kind of would favor Seager. I think Seager's a better shortstop than Bichette. I look at Josh Young. I look at Matt Chapman. I think Josh Young is showing that he could be the best third baseman right now, at least for the first half of the American League. And then Marcus Simeon is the best second baseman, it looks like, at uh, in the American League. And then at first base, I know Nate Lau and uh, Vladimir Guerrero are kind of on different points. But, I mean, Nate Lau or Lowe is having a uh, a spectacular season as well. So it's it's really funny that the Blue Jays and the, Ra- and the uh, Rangers are both, uh, I feel like, neck and neck when it comes to uh, those infield spots you know, for an all-star bid, at least for me. Yeah, that, that, that's that's funny. It's a good point, too. I think outside of, like, outside of like Franco and, and uh, like, Yandy Diaz, I think it will be hard for some of the other teams to kind of compete with um, the guys you're mentioning. But And Yandy isn't even getting any love. I mean, I, I think Yandy and, was, and, like... And that's just the curse of, like, small being, being a... Like, yeah. I remember, Charles, I'm not a big A's fan. Obviously, they're, like, a divisional rival. But I remember feeling so bad for their players a couple years ago Olsen when like yep. Olsen Chapman um some of their pitchers or actually not, not the pitchers because the coaches picked them but all the position players that I feel like might have deserved all-star consideration were just not getting you know nearly enough recognition I think I think uh, Yuli Gurriel was like had like 100 OPS plus and he was you know beating out yep. Olsen for the spot I'm like what the heck or Jose Abreu or something like that yeah a uh, handful of guys that it, it, it becomes a popularity contest you know I mean, I think no matter what, Travis, there's always like all these Braves because they're just like a big fan favorite in the National yeah. League. Mm-hmm. Um, same goes for Dodgers, but Dodgers players actually, you the, know, I mean, Betts and Freeman do deserve it. So. The Braves have like, I think it feels like they have like five different states that back them up. They have the Carolinas, yeah. they have Georgia, they have Tennessee, they have Mississippi. You know, they, they have so much ground to to uh, of support when it comes to their fan base. So that's, of course, why the, all their... Uh, all their players are usually at top of the leaderboards of that stuff. But one thing you mentioned with Will Smith, the closer for the Texas Rangers, you know, a couple years ago, the Rangers did trade for Corey Kluber. They did trade a guy named Emmanuel Classe to the Guardians, or now they were the Indians back then, but Guardians now. I, I, we're, I was watching that series this past week against the Angels, and I just thought to myself, holy smokes. I mean, imagine if they still had Classe closing games like that. That right there would be a... I mean, I would say an easy front runner in terms of the team on paper to make the World Series, if not win it, because they, they have an excellent bullpen, excellent starting pitching, and also the offense is one of the top offenses in the majors. And all they got out of Kluber was, of course, like one start, got hurt, Yep, never saw him again. A warning to the West, Travis. A warning to the know. West, yes, um, that's right. Lance Lynn, uh, I think it would have been Dane Dunning as well, and then also uh, you know, Kluber, I think yeah. Mike Miner was in the graphic. Yes, yep, <laughs> it was yep. just like he was like decent. He was solid, you know. But like I don't know about a warning to the West. But anyways, Travis, um, keep it rolling here. Uh, Ellie De La Cruz made his debut since our last episode. Uh, if you are at all watching uh, baseball media, social media, you've seen clips of him. Uh, the debut, Travis was was special. Um, in his first two games, he had like a double, a triple, and a home run. Uh, he was uh, putting up elite um, velo- velocities on the throws um, as a as a shortstop. He was putting up elite exit velocity numbers on the home runs and elite sprint speeds. He was absolutely doing it all. Um, a real true five-tool player. 
he had a highlight last night, Travis, um, against Houston, where there was a ground ball, and it was fielded by the first baseman playing pretty deep because, I mean, Ellie's going to pull it, and he's going to hit it hard. Um, Ellie was batting from the left-handed batter's box, and he ends up beating it out, and he pretty much just beat the first baseman to the bag, even though the first baseman just like caught it with like no error. Like he just like yeah. he just somehow got beat to the bag, and Ellie did a head first uh, slide and was was safe. Um, what he's able to do in a field, Travis. I mean, the only guy who he reminds me of is O'Neill Cruz. Um, these are just you know two guys with kind of similar uh, physicality. They're both like these tall, kind of they look kind of lanky, but they have so much power. But I do really think that what Ellie can do on the field uh, is really special. But go ahead and go ahead and give me your thoughts on kind of his breakout, um, and then I have a couple more things to say on it. I was going to ask you, they're they're not brothers, are they? I don't think so. I'm even looking right now on, on Baseball Reference, and there's nothing that says that they're brothers. I I thought I heard during one game or one recording of uh, of MLB Network or ESPN that they were brothers, but I guess not. But they both look kind of alike because they're both what six eight. I mean, yeah, I mean, they're they're just freaks of nature when it comes to their size and their strength. It's unbelievable. I mean, yeah, like two two different infielders who are five tool and over six six, and they're like about the same age. It's hard to believe that they you know are completely and they they're both. I mean, it's Cruz and De La Cruz, but no, I I do think that they're not related. So at how, all. how how do we? Who's going to make the move? Are the, are the Pirates or the Reds going to make the move to trade for one of them, and then they're going to have just this. I, left I, side of the infield they're just middle infield of like I, avatars yeah, like just I, just unbelievable human beings i don't think that uh either team is is really uh getting ready to, to let either one go but um looking at uh looking at uh ellie travis there is one th- there's a couple things that um kind of jump off the page as to why i do think he still needs some more development he i think has like the highest or second highest like ground ball rate right now even though he hits the ball super, super hard, he has to figure out, learn how to elevate it. That's the same similar issue for Jordan Walker. They sent Jordan Walker down for a while and finally called him back up because um, it's all about the, the the launch angle. If you just keep hitting it on the ground, I mean, he is so fast. In, in the case of De La Cruz, he can, he can beat a lot of that stuff out. But uh, overall, I do think that there might still need to be some work to be done. He also has a ton of swing and miss, a really big strikeout guy. Um, let me make sure I pull up the exact number right here. But... I mean, overall, I do think that um, as much hype as there is, I'm not ready to kind of say he's like Tatis all of a sudden, you know, like mm-hmm. Tatis broke out and it was like from the from the from day one, it felt like it was really legit. Um, Elie De La Cruz, I still think might need some time. Yeah, looking at his strikeout percentage, he's at 34 percent of his at bats end up in strikeouts. I know he whiffs a ton as well. Um, and overall, Travis, I expect him to be a very, very solid player. Um, he's a top prospect for a reason, and I love watching uh, these highlights that we're seeing from him. But um, I'm just telling Reds fans to be patient with him. I would not be surprised if he... Um, I wouldn't say get sent down just because the Reds have no real big... like. I mean, actually, honestly, they could make a playoff push because they're like yeah, around 500. Yeah. But I expect them overall to kind of give him the big league reps because... Um, you're trying to build up the young guys. You're not trying to yep. just kind of bounce them up and down, back and forth. But um, any other thoughts on De La Cruz here, Travis? I was going to ask you uh, thoughts on the Reds. What what do you make of right now? They're a half a game out of first, Alex. I mean, that that division, that central, both leagues is wide open, I feel like. And, and right now the Reds are a half a game 
I think it's an eight or seven game winning streak. They swept the Astros in Houston. They've been fantastic this month so far. So what do you make for the Reds? 80 games in practically. It's just, to me, a testament to the weakness of the division. The fact that they're so close. I'm not super high on the Reds this season. They have a lot of young names coming up that have done some impressive things. I do think that Reds fans should be excited for the future. And if they feel like they want to push for it this season, you know, I can kind of understand that. I'm not going to say that you're you're crazy, you know, but they've, they've been getting contributions from a lot of different guys. You know, Matt McClain is having like kind of a breakout rookie performance, but I expect some regression from him. Uh, looking at other guys, uh, JT Friedel, I think he's due for some regression as well. He's um, having a lot of ball and play luck, it seems. Um, Spencer Steer, Travis, uh, I think he's been playing third base for them. He has uh, one of the best bats on the team. But there's lots of the, these kind of younger guys that are really contributing. So I'm not really sold on them like, you know, making a big splash mm-hmm. at the deadline or that kind of thing. Unless they're like, maybe if they are in first at that time, then maybe you could just say, as long as they make the playoffs, we have a chance to win the World Series. So let's just try to make the playoffs. Yep. And, yep. and I can respect that uh, outlook, I guess. But I just think that they're so young. Um, even the pitching is good and young. Actually, I just, I just saw today that Hunter Green is going to the 15-day IL Oh wow! For just like a, for, if it's like a hip soreness or something, something weird like that. But um, I do think that they have. I don't know. I don't want to tell them that they shouldn't try to compete if they are, you know, a game out of first or in first at the trade deadline. But I would just be very patient if I were them. I do think that their window is approaching. Um, you know, young guys on the horizon, even more young guys um, coming up. Like they got a hall of prospects when they dealt out like Luis Castillo and, and, you know, guys like that. So I think that they um, have a bright future ahead. I wouldn't be super focused on this year. Just cause I think the Brewers probably have more talent, but I do think that the Brewers, um, you know, they've had this window, Travis, we, 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 yes. we give them a lot of, a lot of uh, flack because they have failed to create the perennial year after year contender that they could have, because they have a lot of the infrastructure in place and just have never made a big move or a big splash at all to kind of reinforce things. Mm-hmm. Um, Yellow just kind of bounced back a bit. He's doing well for me in fantasy, but overall the pitching is not quite what it was a couple of years ago and the hitting has never really made a huge improvement. So um, overall, Travis, I do think that the NL Central is completely wide open. Um, if, if the Reds stumble into it, then the fans I'm sure will absolutely love it. But overall... I think it's more of just a sad thing. Like yeah. I, I don't even know what to say beyond like, um, these teams need to spend more money. I guess I don't know. Yeah, it just it's it's unbelievable that you know the teams I think that spent the most money. It feels like like the Cardinals and the Cubs are the two worst teams in the division, and the Pirates, Reds, and Brewers who do not like to spend money are the three best teams in the division, and they're both just kind of, you know they're just skating by and they're, they're not, it's, it's, it's not, they're not showing anybody or any team that they are for real. And it just feels like that six seed going into the playoffs this year in the national league is just going to have the easiest time to play against. It feels like even Milwaukee, Cincinnati, even if Pittsburgh makes a crazy run, but it just feels like those three teams are not, I don't want to say taking this seriously, but it just, they just not, 
they're not making a big push at it right now. And, and it's it's it sucks when you look at how these divisions and how the playoffs work and operate where, you know, the the the, the division winners from all three divisions, uh, they will get home field advantage. When you look at, you know, teams in the American League East or in the American League West, that's where you look at it and you say, holy cow, like these teams are actually really competing. There's mm-hmm. a lot of good ball clubs in here. And, you know, a couple of them will probably be left out of the playoffs because they will finish third or fourth in that division. And that's just not good enough when it comes to the uh, wild card uh, series or in the wild card uh, uh, rules and all that. So uh, it's it maybe one thing that baseball should fix. And I know we've talked about it a lot with how we basically how we could divide the divisions up, maybe eliminate the central, go with an East and an West in both the American and national league. We can get into an episode all day about that and what we do to change the rules. But uh, it's, it's funny that one team will be uh, rewarded with a first round, uh, you know, home field uh, uh, round, you know, and, and and they'll, they'll have an opportunity to take that series, a wildcard series uh, with the way that things are going. But I was going to say, Travis, um, last point, because you brought up the whole, like, could we change the rules a bit? I do agree. We've said it before. We won't get into it right now, but we've said it before. You know, get rid of the central, make an AL West, AL East, NL West, NL East. You know, top three teams make the playoffs plus a couple wild cards. You know, however you want to do it. Um, that, in my mind, works best after they expand to two more teams. Yep. Mm-hmm. I think a Band-Aid solution in the meantime, till we get to that point, just let the teams pick their opponents at least the teams mm-hmm. at least the teams with the buys like let them pick you know I, I mean i'm not sure the best way to do it i have to do some more brainstorming on this before you know presenting my full idea here but i think next season i don't want the sixth seed the the the, 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 the pretty much the worst wildcard team that does get in yep. is better off let's just use the american league for example right now season ends today the sixth seed would go against the twins well, um, let me look. Who's four and five? It, it would be Angels It'd be versus Baltimore. Having uh, Baltimore would have a home game against what it looks like. I think the Angels. Yeah. So the Angels are the fifth seed. They'd be going against Baltimore, which is the, a, a who is defi- juggernaut series. Who is, yeah. Who is definitely Baltimore is definitely stronger than the Twins right now. Mm-hmm. So the Yankees, I believe, are the sixth place. Yankees or Astros are playing the Twins. So that's and so like that's <laughs> that's it just i mean obviously anyone can win the little two out of three series but it just feels like it'd be better off if baltimore could play the twins <laughs> right and i'm not sure how you would do it because you can't let them pick their opponents necessarily straight up because i don't want the twins to be able to pick their opponent because they haven't really deserved it in my opinion yep. but um they'd have to figure out the best way to do it i have to do some more brainstorming on that but to me there's something there about i don't know why um, the six gets matched up with the three uh, when the three is uh, a division winner for a team where they're probably 500. So yeah, yeah. we'll get more of that in the offseason probably when we kind of try to figure out how we're going to fix baseball. But um, Travis, let's keep it rolling here. I need your thoughts right now on your guy, Luis Arise. He, you have him in fantasy. He's been absolutely mashing. He was at 400 for a really long time, Travis. He was able to kind of maintain that for a while. He just dipped down, and a couple of days ago, um, I saw maybe about a week ago. I saw he was about he was about hitting like three seventy four or something like that. Yep. And then he had a five hit game the next day, and, and five hits sh- tonight. And he shot back up to like three ninety. And he, yep. has, he has five hits tonight, so he is like doing his best to claw his way back into that race. Um, 
I think it goes without saying it's very unlikely we see anyone hit 400 again um, just based on the way how good pitchers are these days. Ted Williams um, did it in a completely different era of baseball. Um, but Travis, as a guy who is doing his best with a contact-first approach, he makes pretty good contact. does not crush the ball, but he is hitting you know just hard liners, um, doing his best to... Um, be the best contact hitter in baseball. Do you, you know, admire his approach? Do you think that, um, how, how long can he keep this going? Essentially is my question. Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't, I don't want you to say, Oh, he's gonna, you know, I'm not setting you up for a, he's gonna, he's gonna hit 400 for the rest of the season take, but how far can he ride this out? Do you think? Yeah. Uh, and looking at numbers right now, baseball reference doesn't have today's game, but baseball reference that started today, he was batting 388 after today's game. He went five for five. He is now batting a clean 400. So uh, do I think he'll be batting 400 in September? Definitely not. I think that he is probably a guy that will be somewhere around the 360 range. He could have a spectacular season where he, you know, has an on base of about 410 or something like that. And then, you know, a slugging that's in the four, you know, 450 era as as well. So, you know, someone that probably could be flirting with an OPS around 900, which when you take a step back, it doesn't look as special anymore. But I mean, just the start he's been on has been incredible. So I, I got to give him that. His approach is just such a slap hitting uh, style, which for some teams, I will say, I, I think that they they could definitely use a slap hitter that's just focused on contact, getting on base and letting the big masters behind him uh, hit him in. You know, they have a guy like Jorge Soler, who I think had his 21st home run today. So uh, it's a good it's a good strategy and formula, I guess, so far for the Marlins, what they're doing and they're winning ballgames. Yeah, I, I've been critical of them, Travis. Uh, they were talking about, I think at one point, they want more hitters in the team and they went after a rise because they do have the power hitters. I know that like last season and season before, just off the charts strikeout numbers for their hitters. So they wanted some, to add some contact guys there. I mean, Arise has been the perfect choice. Yes. It just so happens that he is the best contact hitter in baseball this season. Uh, so that, that's been a match made in heaven, I think, having him. And they brought in some other contact guys like Segura and stuff who have not worked out quite as well. But I think Arise doing what he's doing is a big reason for that offense being you know competent enough to keep the team around 500 this far. Um, and so we'll see if they can kind of claw their way into the NL wild uh, wild card race. We'll get more into like kind of these, uh, you know, power ranking teams and the kind of French power ranking teams. I, I would say a good comp to him almost feels like a Tony Gwynn uh, right now. Yeah. Uh, I think Tony, uh, Tony Gwynn, I believe walked a lot, walked a lot more than he, what, you know, what Arise is doing now, but just looking at the walk to strikeout ratio, uh, 21 walks to 15 strikeouts. So Arise just makes contact. He's not, going to strike out a lot he probably will be under 50 strikeouts on the year uh a lot of guys in the majors already have 50 strikeouts right now so uh again just is a pure just contact first kind of guy uh has 15 doubles i mean it'd be impressive if he has over 30 doubles at the end of the year because you could say man the guy does have spray some gap or power but i mean he has um, has the same number of doubles as he has strikeouts (laughs) you're right you're right and uh, only after doubles, only three extra base hits uh, when you look at uh, uh, hits that are greater than doubles. So one triple, two home runs. So again, he, he's not going to go yard. He's not going to 
he doesn't even have the best speed on uh, you know in, in the majors. He's he's mainly focused on just uh, you know spraying balls all over the field, and you know he'll make a living like that. But yeah, I, I don't think it's going to last. Of course, I don't think we're going to see a 400 hitter this season. But uh, what he's been doing so far, I mean, you're getting almost into July, and a guy's still batting 400. That's that's really impressive. I don't think we've seen a guy do this good since maybe even like a chipper jones back in like 2009 that's or right. eight i 2008 or seven i think chipper jones was on another level as well and then joe mauer i think was almost doing this level of production for uh batting average back in 2008 2009 10 so um another impressive another crazy thing is during that short 60 game season travis in 2020 uh charlie blackman was above 400 for like the first like four weeks or something mm-hmm. and everyone's like oh can he do it for like it's it's a short season but can he do it for the full season yeah our eyes would have done it yeah if this was that season if this yep. was a 60 game season i mean we're 80 games in he's still at 400 yep. so yep. um it's just kind of crazy to think that if if the you know pandemic was this season or you know if it happened in in this year um there's a chance where Arise has like this asterisk like 400 like kind of pencil into the record books yes. you know but uh, Travis, moving on here, keeping it rolling. Uh, quick thing on the Yankees, I wanted to do. They are a team who it feels like. It feels like to me they're a World Series contender, and then Aaron Judge gets hurt, and then they're just like this mediocre team. And I, I yeah. really, it's kind of hard to to uh, completely figure out. And to me, it, it comes down to I feel like they could have, um, they could have done a bit more the last few off seasons, in my opinion. I, I just look at um, the roster, and there's definitely like in, uh, names for guys I like, but it's just funny how I feel like every offseason, all the fans have like this wish list, and obviously the first item on the wish list last offseason was re-sign Judge, and they did do that so that, you know, they kept their promise there, but um, beyond that, I mean, Travis, two offseasons ago, it was like, oh, Freeman's available, right? That was the big buzz. Oh, can we get... Can Olsen. We, can we get uh, Freddie? Can we get... Can we trade for Matt Olson? Um, instead, they go for a cheaper, older guy in Rizzo, um, older than Olson at least. And then um, there was the Seager buzz, Travis. They did not want Seager to be a guy that's going to block Volpe. So instead of going for Seager, they traded instead for Isaiah Kiner Falefa and Josh Donaldson, which, if you just look at their value, They've both had highs and lows with the team overall, but just compared to what Seager's doing, Travis, like it's not even like Seager's like, yeah. I mean, we're not going to do this today, but at some point I want to do a predictions with you. Maybe like all-star break time predictions for who will be the best at their position going into 2024. Mm -hmm. So like, it's almost like a positional ranking predictions. And I think Seager has a really good chance at this moment to be my best shortstop going into next year. I think two, I think next March I'll be saying Seager. Yeah, two guys we had in front of him already this last before the season started this last March was Correa and Trey Turner and they right. they both have not been living up to the hype and the contracts. So Seager's the only guy right now that's been uh mashing the baseball in Texas and yeah. it's funny I mean that 2020 uh playoffs that he had in Texas I mean he went was unreal and you really wonder if that was just a comfort level that he said, I want to play here. Uh, and that's why I'll sign a large contract with the Rangers. But uh, you're so right about that. It, 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 it almost, it, it's, it's not the Yankee way of going out and spending the big bucks. We can trade our prospects. We can still raise a very good farm system, but we're going to trade them away and go get the big bats 
to make every year a World Series, you know, possibility year. But continue with the Yankees. Yeah, and so I'm just looking at um, the guys in the team and the way things are not shaken out in their way. I think, you know, I, I'm not one to sympathize with Yankee fans, Travis, because I think, you know, you have 27 championships and you guys will be yeah. fine kind yeah. of kind of thing. But it has been a bit of a drought for them. I Fe- mean, Feeling a little Boston Celtics-y, right? Am I right? It kind of is, you know. I think, you know, <laughs> you, you you've... You have a lot in your history, but uh, what have you done for me lately is, yeah. is more of is more of the question I'm asking here. But Travis, another just kick to the nuts. Aaron Hicks, I mean, yes, yeah, he has been a guy who every single year the Yankees are throwing in Yankee fans, I should say, are throwing into these mock trades. You know, what can we get for him? We gave him this kind of big contract. He's not lived up to it. Um, what can we get for him? Maybe some other team will want him. Get him off my team. I think they had a mock trade for uh, uh, Aaron Hicks for Brittany Griner. I think they wanted to send him to Russia. And, is that what you saw? I think I saw that somewhere. Yeah, they they just they they hated him for the last two years. In, in so 2021, Travis OPS plus of 73. 2022, and that was in 32 games played. 2022. In 130 games played, 86 OPS plus. So just a below average hitter yep. both years. Um, has not had the has not had the contact or the pop really. He's he's always had a good eye, which is is, is just like a something that's always kind of stuck around there. But in 2023, Travis through 28 games with the Yankees, he had a 48 OPS plus. They let him go for nothing, right? I mean, no one's going to take a trade. Just dropped him. Yep. The Orioles, who are a division rival, who are having a better record just take a flyer on him and in 16 games he has a 176 ops plus he's hitting 327 441 on base 551 slugging 992 ops in like i said about 49 what is it 59 plate appearances so that's not gonna sustain right but it's just still such a slap into the face of the yankee fans if he's hitting bombs he has two home runs um with them in half the games um he only has one with the yankees this season he had three um oh sorry i was misreading that but yeah having two home runs um in baltimore versus one in new york in about half the time is you know i'm not gonna say just like classic bad yankee fan luck but i really feel like um things are not going the yankees way uh in many ways i do still think that they can make a serious play for the postseason be a contender, all that good stuff, especially when Judge is, is healthy, you know. But I feel like if 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 the Yankees fans had gotten their wish list, which Yankees are a team, Travis, where usually they can get their wish list. Travis, I'm, I'm a Lakers fan. I know what it's like to be kind of spoiled, right? Like you are going to have a superstar on your team like every decade. I, yep. That's kind of the way mm-hmm. your history has mm-hmm. been. And so Yankees fans, they say, oh, we can get Seager. Oh, we can get Bogarts. Oh, we can get Chapman or Olsen or they were in rumors for Harper and Machado. Machado. Yep. And how many of those guys have fallen through, right? It's just really kind of crazy how they, they retain Judge and they got Cole. Those are two big ones. But beyond that, Travis, I feel like, you know, what has the front office done for me lately? They got us, um, I'm blanking on his name, third base, Donaldson. They got us IKF. They held out for Volpe. We're not trading Volpe. We're not going to go get Seager and trade Volpe for a pitcher. You know, we're not going to do that. Volpe's been pretty bad, Travis. I mean, he has underperformed in a big way. Um, He's playing, I think, pretty solid defense overall, but 
the bat's been very unimpressive at 70 OPS plus. Um, his batting average is currently at 189, mm-hmm. 264 on base, 350 slugging. Um, yeah, he's striking out quite a bit. He already has 83 strikeouts. That's just um, unbelievable. Yeah, halfway through the year, so he he I mean he he might be one of these guys towards the top of that leaderboard. Um, come like October, um, 15 stolen bases, so he's a good runner, good defense. Nine homers is not terrible, but um, you and I both agree that they are hoping for better. This is not a rookie of the year contender by any means, even though the Yankee media, I mean, they're they're not out on him, but like they are not pushing for that, which is not yeah. what you'd expect. Yeah. So, any other thoughts on the Yankees? I've I've, I've kind of missed here. Yeah, Volpe for for as an Angels fan, it kind of feels like a Joe Adele kind of start to the career where it's just like, ah, oh, geez, like did we rush this guy up? Did we really just want to put him in this position now? And you know, he. He's definitely losing confidence. There's no way we can trade him anymore because, I mean, the the trade stock is definitely just plummeting. But it's a very, it's just a very awkward and weird Yankees team. I mean, ever since DJ LeMahieu was extended, it's just been awful. I mean, right now he's at an 88 OPS plus. Um, I mean, Willie Calhoun, he's their DH with. He's getting a lot of reps. Too many reps. (laughs) Too many reps. Yeah, yeah. Too many uh, reps. And with Stanton just. It's almost just a gimme that Stanton's going to be on the IL for almost for over 40 games a season. It's unbelievable at at this point now that they are paying him so much money just to be on the IL. Yes, when he is healthy and clicking, he is one of the best power hitters and one of the best hitters purely in Major League Baseball. We saw last year in the All Star game. I think he won the uh, I think he won the MVP for the All Star game last year. But you know, IKF being just such a big role player, Jake Bowers uh josh donaldson too i mean there are just so many guys that i feel like are getting so many reps or guys that are just way out of their prime that are should not be playing for the new york yankees it feels like they should, these guys should be playing uh honestly for the for the last part of the couple of years the los angeles angels because we're, we're just famous for getting guys that we pick up and just we maybe maybe they had an old prime and they come to us and it's just crap the bed but it's a very, very confusing time, especially when you give Garrett Cole so much money, you give Aaron Judge so much money, and right now you're in a division that I would argue, I mean, it, it is the best division, it feels like, in Major League Baseball with how good everyone is. They could easily find themselves in a week or two, you know, in fifth place, still above 500, but in fifth place. They just got swept by the Boston Red Sox, who, again, we're not too big on, but Boston just keeps, keeps staying around. Um, Judge is, you know, going to hit some IL stints throughout the season. Their second best hitter almost, I feels like, is Harrison Bader, and he's also hitting some IL stints as well. Um, they, yeah, I, I don't know. I, I I almost feel like this offseason, they just have to really go to the drawing board and say to themselves, we either just got to just spend the big bucks and say, screw it, or... I mean, I don't want to say start over with Aaron Judge, but you know, you know, he's he's on your team for the rest of his career. You're not trading him, but I just almost look at it as like you may you may need to have to take a couple years to maybe invest more back into the farm system and 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 grow towards that, or do you want to just keep spending the money right now, go for it all next year? I mean, the Yankees are always kind of in a win now mode, um, and I think the fans are. Uh, I don't, I don't know which way the fans want to go. If they want to go for more of that sustainable future building where maybe they have to sacrifice a couple of, of the next couple of years as being, you know, a fifth place team in the East, or do you want to just keep reloading every single year 
they have some they have some big questions to to ask themselves because um and even you know i know this this off season i don't even think a guy like shohei otani is fixing this team right now i mean he's definitely helping them a lot especially with having garrett cole i think they're gonna have um why do i keep forgetting rodon rodon should be coming back uh i keep looking every week on my fantasy because he's been on the il for so long he's just for been me. sitting there I, but he, gonna... he's gonna be on a rehab assignment uh he was put on a rehab assignment this past Friday, so he should be coming back. I would say in the next week and a half. But it it just it's it's it, it, you don't know how to describe it for the Yankees, you know? Yeah, and and some of it some of it's bad luck. Um, like you know, I like that they went and got Rodon. It's a good smart move for them. He gets hurt. Um, that's just brutal uh, luck, bad timing. Um, they have other injuries across the board. Nestor Cortez on the IL, Aloisaga sixty day IL. Um, plenty of guys getting hurt, um, relying on lots of uh, surprising names. Billy McKinney getting serious reps and hitting the ball pretty well yeah. um, for them. Not bad, at least. But um, some of the guys that were really contributing in years past, uh, not doing well at all at the moment. Uh, guys like Oswaldo Cabrera, not not so bad last year. This year, I mean, really awful. 190 batting average. Uh, and on base at 238, a slugging below 300. I mean, what's what's going on there at all? I mean, he has he has 182 plate appearances hitting like that. I mean, he shouldn't get any more. I mean, he, he should he should as an outfielder too. I mean, that that's the bat you're gonna bring. And then, like you said, Lemayhu, Volpe, Trevino, underperforming years um, for sure for all of them. Um, it, it, yeah, I I almost feel like last year's postseason run it wasn't even that impressive. They went five games with the guardians. And I feel like the guardians at some, at some moments in that series definitely outplayed them. It felt like, and then going into the, into the Astros series, we all, we all witnessed that no team in the American league was on the Astros level uh, last year. But I don't know. I I almost would have took that and said, you know, we, we possibly could have seen ourselves, you know, losing to the guardians in four or five games this, this, uh, this year, maybe we need to take a step back and, and more and, and just reevaluate our team and make some smarter decisions in the offseason. You know, I know Judge is, of course, a big person you want to get back. And I'm a believer. Yeah, you want to bring a guy like that back because he is generational. And, man, when he's healthy, Alex, I mean, looking at these numbers, guys, guy has a 674 slug right now and almost a 1,100 OPS on the season when he's healthy. But, I, I just, again, I, I just think that they – I look at some of these guys that just should not be – being everyday players <laughs> right and and um to kind of add to that starting pitching garrett cole 151 era plus very good the, all the other starters um every yeah, every, Schmidt, every guy on Herman. their team with more than three games started on the season has a below 100 era plus no none of their starters are average or better um clark schmidt domingo herman nestor's hurt and was not pitching um like he was last year um, Luis Severino, 6.3 ERA and six starts, 30 innings pitched for him. The one saving grace to me, Travis, is I do really like their bullpen. Yeah, um, it's dangerous. I think a good bullpen really matters down the stretch. It matters in the playoffs, of course. Um, Clay Holmes has been great. Um, it's, Michael it's, King has been amazing too. Yeah. King, good. Albert Abreu, good. Uh, Mar- 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 Marinaccio. <laughs> Did I get that right? Well, I'm <laughs> not sure. Did. I'll have to ask him. Just a classic Italian on the Yankees, yeah. But Wandy Peralta has been very good as well. Um, I could just keep listing names here, Travis, but um, I think they get the point. 
the bullpen has not been the problem at all. I do think that um, the bullpen could be something that kind of keeps them alive until hopefully Judge gets back and the offense clicks. Maybe maybe Rizzo has a good month here or there. Maybe Glaber has a pops off. Maybe Volpe finally figures out big league pitching. Yeah, things can still happen for them. I'm not writing them off by any means. I just think that you know, in the last couple years, if they had known what what Judge would become this consistent MVP kind of guy these last two years, I think they probably would have tried to provide a little bit more talent. Because mm-hmm. um, looking at back at like the 2019 team, Travis, I just felt like they were a real, I mean, they were a threat to that Astros team who was one of the best teams, I feel like, of my lifetime, that yeah. Astros team. Yeah. And the Yankees played them hard in that ALCS uh, through six games. So um, long story short there, Travis, I am not super... Um, pleased with what I'm seeing from the Yankees, but they have time to write the ship here, um, especially once Judge gets back. And I think Cashman will have to seriously consider now making the move to, you know, you might be looking at Oswaldo Cabrera in a trade. You might be looking even at Oswald Peraza. I think he is one of their top two uh, um, minor leaguer prospects that they're probably going to have to ship out because they need to solve something if they want to be competitive this year. So, uh, it, it's interesting how that will play out. Again, I think a lot of fans are really sick and tired of Cashman. I mean, Cashman was famous for giving himself the extension this last offseason before Judge. The so first, the first move, everyone was really. It, it was honestly a comedy move when you're the GM and you give yourself the extension before anyone else you signed. But you did, of course, sign uh, Rodon and Judge. So that is, I mean, that's a pretty successful, at least good offseason in my opinion as well. But. Uh, they definitely will need to uh, make some more moves as they want to at least get into a wild card spot in uh, in 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 the American League because I mean the division I feel like is slowly slipping away. The Rays are the Rays and at least the Orioles are asserting themselves to be the most dominant in uh, in that division. But um, what what should we move to next, Travis? Next, I would like to ask you an interesting question that I came to my mind just in a moment of just inspiration i just this case just came to me but um corbin carroll has been very good travis he has been i mean i would say very good is probably an understatement he has truly been like an national league mvp contender thus far especially i love that you're saying that especially i mean you covered it in our i mean for those that don't know travis throughout Uh, alex alex plus twenty five thousand odds how much you put put five bucks what would that get i think it's like two grand really yeah it's unbelievable it's unfrickin' believable what Vegas was doing to this guy. Travis, He's got a 3.8 war, I think, right now. And Travis, I think a big part of this could tie into if the Diamondbacks win the division, if they're like oh, yeah. a top two seed in the National League, that could be huge for kind of how people view his season here. Um, but yeah, he is hitting the ball amazingly. He is, of course, one of the best base stealers in the game, one of the fastest players in the game. Um, he's got to be yeah sorry to cut you off he's got to be starting in the outfield for the nl i feel like right now for the all-stars because i mean he i mean that young talent should be showcased yeah certainly certainly um and travis there there was a guy who was very similar in kind of status as carol last year for a team that was kind of in a similar situation i'm talking about julio rodriguez and julio this year travis i actually have both of them in fantasy I just know I, I just pick him young, you know, but yep. um Julio to me, obviously the numbers are not as good this year as they were last year. 
And the Mariners are not as good this year as they were last year. They've had some more injuries. I think some of the lineup has regressed a bit. You know, Teoscar has not worked out at all. Robbie Ray got hurt. So th- there's reasons that why they're not playing as well. But part part of it's because, you know, Julio last year, I felt like he was an MVP candidate. This year, he hasn't really felt, felt like that. I do think he will bounce back. I think he will be a superstar for the future. They gave him that huge contract, you know. But I want to ask you this. Who do you think is the better long-term bet between Corbin Carroll and Julio Rodriguez? Who do you think has the higher ceiling, you know? Who do you think has the best chance of becoming, like, the next best player of the league, right? Like, which one has a better chance to be that guy? Um, because I feel like this time last year, Travis, it was Julio hype out the out the wazoo. And right now, it's Corbin Carroll. Um is it okay to be patient with Julio in this kind of sophomore slump or is Corbin just the new guy and is he above him? Pretty much give me your thoughts between those two. Yeah. Um, both guys are fantastic. Uh, to answer your question, I, I think Corbin can be the better player. I think Julio has the higher ceiling. I think Julio has numbers that are, I, I think he could be almost like an Acuna where a 40, 40 season every year is, is expected. Uh, from him because of the speed and also the power we saw him last year in the home run derby um, it just felt like he was taking some practice swings and he was just hitting him out of the ballpark every single pitch so um, he's got ridiculous uh, skills uh, that uh, not many guys can match Julio what he does but seeing him this year it it is not I don't want to say it's a cons- it's a huge concern but um he's definitely taking a step back and, and his name is, is, uh, is definitely regressed. I know last year, a lot of, there was a lot of trout Julio comparisons. And I think Mariner fans were saying like, Oh, we have a guy that's better than trout. Like this guy, like don't, don't compare him and trout. Like he'll be better in 10 years. You watch and Mike Trout's never had a season just like this. And I think M- Mike Trout's, uh, sophomore year, he, I think he had a 10 war. So, um, shut up. <laughs> but uh Tell but i but i mean but with corbin I, I again you're dealing with two guys that should expect almost every single year it's expected they're going to have great defense they're going to have great speed good hitting good power you're almost looking at two guys that it just feels like six war is the uh expectation is the, is, is the ground floor for these guys like every year a six war is going to be expected they can only just build on that and have these almost these juggernaut seasons in their future but um it's tough right now i mean right now you you want to say corbin carroll is 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 going to be the brighter person in the career but i still think the ceiling goes to julio i don't know if corbin carroll has a i don't he has 15 home runs so far right now but i don't know if he has the you know 40 plus home runs in a season with you know insane amounts i mean he already has great stolen base numbers but just i I don't know if he has a ceiling like julio that julio can provide but i will say uh corbin it just it it he's taking i think the entire league by storm and he is almost that captain of that dimebacks team that's in first place right now and it's funny even looking at the contract alex i think they gave him an eight year 111 million dollars deal and right now we we were talking about it and it's almost just like it's almost that braves mindset where let's lock him right now give him almost it feels like 13 million a season for his first 10 years we're going to get some of the greatest seasons probably of his career for just such a, a cheap uh price tag on that uh and it's funny because one one angels fan i think said you know i think it's time to lock up netto uh for what netto is providing for us at the shortstop spot i would i would definitely look into that as well did, I, did you see what his dad commented yeah he said like absolutely not so i i, I the, think the, the fan the, i saw the same tweet the fan put a stupid contract the fan said like 
eight he, years, 18 mil. It's like no, no <laughs> player is going to sign that if they're a first round draft. Pick. Yeah. Like 18 yeah. mil for eight. Like, yeah. What yeah, is, yeah. He, I think he's going to make more as an arbitration. He's giving him David Fletcher money, but no, it, it's, I, I'm sure young guys are now starting to catch on to that. Like, why would I want to sign this deal when, you know, Corbin Carroll, he is, um, he'll be 23 in August, you know, possibly if he did not sign this deal, he'd be looking at free agency around 27, 28. And then you could be looking at just major, major money for a guy like him. But um, yeah, everything I was talking about, I, I think that Julio has the, uh, has the higher ceiling, I would say out of these two, but it's, it's crazy what both guys are doing this year. I was not expecting both of these paths right now. Yeah. I, I, I didn't have my mind made up when I asked this question and I think you framed it very well. I like the idea I think Corbin Carroll has a better chance to be better than Julio, perhaps. Consistency, pros- pop, I, I would, yeah, I would say. Yeah, I think the line. I think the contact tool is better on Corbin, probably. Um, the raw power Julio provides, though, I agree, it gives him the higher ceiling. It gives him the chance to have like a 10-11 WAR season, um, just somewhere in the in down the road, he could have like a. I'm trying to think of like 20. 19 yellowish kind of season like one yeah, of those Bellinger yeah. seasons where this guy is hitting like 45 home runs stealing over 30 maybe close to 40 bags um also playing good defense in center field for a playoff contender like that is in his in, in the cards for him and could Corbin do something similar yes but I agree but I agree with your with your point exactly I don't really see Corbin being a 45 home run guy he's got a bit of a smaller frame you know I just feel yeah. like he's going to be more of a 30 home run 40 double 40 stolen yes, base guy yeah. gold glove that would be that could still be like a you know eight nine plus war season um but i agree that julio the power tool is stronger and that makes the upside um quite a bit higher um on the years where everything goes right but that was a fun little side game travis a uh, quick little i guess like part two to that um, I also wrote this down because I was thinking about Corbin Carroll and what he's going to be capable of based on how well he's playing right now. Um, if you had to just, we'll do a quick, make this quick. If you had to say who's going to be the next best player after Shohei Otani. So once, whenever, at whatever, whatever point in the next, next season, five seasons from now, 10 seasons from now, whenever Otani is no longer the best player in baseball, who do you see taking that mantle? Cause I think last year I probably might've leaned Julio um, but I feel like Corbin's thrown his hat in that ring, right? Yeah. And then thinking about other guys, I mean, can Adley ever get to that height? I mean, I feel like a catcher would be pretty hard. I can't remember the last time a catcher was considered the best player in the league yeah. ever. Um, any names come to mind? I think Tatis is still in that mix, you know, but the both Padres guys, Tatis and Soto, have not been the headline guys because the Padres are struggling. But any 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 main thought that comes to mind on that? Yeah, I mean, Soto comes to mind. Uh, Acuna comes to mind. Um, those are, I guess, kind of the big guys in the mix. I think we had Julio, at least I think you had Julio in your top 10 on this, I think in, in March, our top 25, uh, preseason or our top 25 players going into 2023. So Mm -hmm. he was one of the youngest guys up there along with guys like Soto and also Acuna. But, um, yeah, it's, it's, it's a tough question. I, 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 I'm a big fan, of course, of Acuna. I, I think Acuna, what he provides all over the field, the speed, the defense, the arm, the power. I, I love what he brings to the field. So I probably would lean Acuna, but 
Uh, he does have, I, I, there is still some inconsistency with Acuna, I feel like. I mean, I, I, he was having an unbelievable 2021 uh, toward the uh, ACL, was out for the whole year. 2022 came back. I think there was just a little bit of hesitation in everything that he did. All of his motions were a little bit on the conservative side. They He wasn't, you know, I don't think he was really trying hard when it came to, you know, full 100% running and stopping and changing directions because of that knee was probably in the back of his head and I don't blame him and I think that really cost him some uh some some valuable reps I would say in uh in the outfield also at the plate but I, I think right now with what the season he's providing Acuna I, I think he right now so far is one of the front runners for the National League MVP so I would probably lean him I, I think that there's there is more athleticism there than a guy like Soto I mean yes don't get me wrong though Tatis I blown away by his right field defense i think we lost we saw yesterday he threw a guy out he, he threw one of the raised guys out at home plate and i mean it was an over 99 mile an hour yeah. throw from right I, I was gonna go there travis because you know i'm not sure what his ceiling is as a right fielder yeah. because i think it was higher as a shortstop because shortstop is a yes. more valuable defensive position but he i i don't understand it i don't know what work he did in the outfield in the offseason to try to you know figure the position out um and i didn't really see this coming but he has by all defensive metrics travis been one of the best defensive players in baseball this year as right fielder yeah. he is obviously so fast and has a great arm but he also has 96 percentile outs above average so he's like a top guy in baseball for producing outs you know based on the route to the ball based on reaction time he's good outfielder jump um of course top sprint speed like i said so he has been a phenomenal right fielder and he's also of course hitting like one of the best hitters in baseball um you know not quite at his personal peak but he's honestly travis putting up numbers that i feel like are not that dissimilar from like 2018 bets like yeah. he's playing elite right field defense elite arm can steal bases and is a top i don't know five ten hitter in baseball yeah. like yeah he is definitely um gonna be in this conversation that we're talking about in terms of best hitters in baseball as well but um travis we can keep it rolling here travis we need to briefly talk about the hottest player in baseball right now your favorite player's favorite player, Shohei Otani. He has been absolutely incredible, both as a hitter and a pitcher recently. His pitching this season, the ERA is not a phenomenal. It's been better uh, last season and the year before, I believe. But overall, still, uh, I think he's top four in MLB in strikeouts after his last start. Uh, he's leading MLB in homers. He is leading both... Uh, in Fangraphs and Baseball Reference War by, I think, about by over one war in both categories. <laughs> yeah. Yep. So he is building just a absolute cushion for himself. And I saw this other crazy stat that I'm going to read off. This was from three days ago, and he's even done more damage since then. But um, this is Otani's last three seasons. So the MVP year, the runner-up year last year, and then uh, the first half of this season. He has more home runs than Pete Alonso. More extra base hits than Aaron Judge, higher slugging percentage than Bryce Harper. He has a lower ERA than Corbin Burns. He has a higher K's per nine than Garrett Cole, and more strikeouts than Max Scherzer. It's definitely, without a doubt, Travis, the best three-year span of baseball we've ever seen. 
give me your thoughts on the current um last i mean pretty much the the first half of june right it's just been a phenomenal last 18 games for for otani um give me your reaction give me your takes uh, speechless uh he has he has six home runs this past week um all of them alex the average fan might not say this is really impressive to me it's very impressive all of them i don't think he pulled one of them i think they were all center fielder oppo and he was hitting him double decker in texas which i mean he was he was breaking records for I, the hardest hit balls opposite field by a lefty it's just unbelievable and um yeah i think we're seeing like the greatest week in shohei's uh hitting career right now i mean it, it just feels like every game uh over the last week uh if, if you're a betting person you're, you're probably looking at like two to one odds show he's going to go deep uh it just felt like every game it, it, he was going to do something special extra base hit um one stat I, sh- I shared with you before we started recording but um there is a it's a pretty unique uh, uh streak that uh only two other guys have done and these guys are immortal they're some of the best if not the best hitters that have ever played the game um but an extra base hit a run and a walk all three have to be accomplished in a game babe ruth has done it seven games in a row bonds has done it six games in a row and otani has done it six games in a row alex i'm looking even at yesterday he let me let me double check he hit a home run which of course counts as an extra base hit and a run i need to check though and see if he he did not walk he did not walk so the streak streak ends which whatever i mean it's just a a fun little streak but i mean it's it's really unbelievable when you're on a list like that that's just a a crazy little uh a crazy little fun streak but the two other guys that are on it that you know you're either one away or tied with are bonds and babe ruth um again he's he's in a league of his own right now it just feels like um you have the best player in baseball uh I, I almost don't want to include Shohei in that list because he's just kind of on his own. Like it's just it's it's almost just like, well, who's the best player in baseball? You know, Trout's not having the best year, but he's still one of the best players of baseball. Um, Acuna, Tatis, so many guys you can name, but Shohei's are just arguably just he's just on another tier right now. And so um what we saw this last week, I mean, it's unbelievable. Uh he single handedly has been carrying this team over the last week, and that's the main reason why the Angels went five and two and had themselves a great uh uh seven game road trip this past week and and yeah i mean it, it's it's really remarkable one thing i do look at and not to look at the negative side but you know let's just say this kind of keeps continuing this pace you almost feel like could shohei top what he's done the last three years for the rest of his career like that is a valid question and if somebody said no i would say you're, you you could be right because this could be i don't know how much better we could see a guy um th- than what he's getting right now or what he's doing right now so what what's your take on that alex or do you think if this does continue that let's say the pitching you know gets better it continues to be good really good actually and then the hitting continues to be like this do you think we see a shohei that is at all on this level ever again for his career at least it's a good question after his first mvp I thought it was, we did a little segment about, is this the best season ever? For me, I ended up saying, I think that it was the best season of all time. Um, 
you could argue other seasons might have been a little bit more valuable, but I think just in terms of greatness, it was the greatest season ever. And that was him pitching, and it felt like it wasn't like it wasn't it, just primetime show. Hey, because it was like a mid threes ERA kind of. We, we, we saw him, and, and it was funny because I, I feel like there were there were like every three starts, every four starts, Shohei always had like a, a rough patch. I think there was a start that he had in the Bronx against the Yankees, and I don't even, I don't even know if he made it out of the first inning because I think he was just so wild. And he was great offensively, but pitching wise, he still had to clean things up. We saw him last year. It was just unbelievable pitching that that really caught our eye into saying, wow, the hitting is good. It's MVP type. The pitching is Cy Young type this year. We're kind of meshing it all together. And then and then I think my biggest takeaway is that after that first MVP season, I wasn't sure if he could do it again. He does it again in a different way. Like you said, it's a bit more pitching, a bit less hitting. This year, I feel like the pitching has taken a step back in terms of um, he has allowed more runs to score in his starts. I do think that will go down because he's still striking out guys a ton. He's been a little bit wild in some of his starts, but he's always been able to contain it um, later into the game. He throws the ball hard, so it allows for some home runs. But overall, I think that he is still a top pitcher in baseball, obviously uh, a top hitter in baseball. My answer is this. I don't know if he's going to have another three-year stretch like this, but I do think that he is. Um, I'm not going to say it keeps getting better, but I think he's going to stay at this level for a while because I, I don't I don't know what he has to do to convince me otherwise. He has yeah. had two and a half straight seasons where there's never been a blip. There's never been a moment where a two-week stretch where he wasn't either contributing with a, either either a great start or an offensive hot streak or both. I mean, it's there's been no big slump this entire time. There's been no injury this entire time. Um, of course, he could yeah. sign a big deal and get hurt or slump in one of the two areas. Something could go wrong, of course. And, it, and whoever signs him is going to be a huge contract, so there's going to be a natural risk, and it's going to be all eyes on him. But that being said, I think he will produce the value that that contract uh, requires. If you look at what Trout's producing on his contract, what Judge is producing on his contract, I think Otani will bring the level of value that, you know, if he makes $50 million a year for 10 years, whatever that deal ends up looking like, I do think that he will bring in that level of value with the pitching and the hitting and, of course, the merchandise, the attention, all of the above that comes with having a international superstar on your team. So, uh, and even if you, even if he sucks at one, you're almost still getting what you paid for. You're you're almost still getting the value there. It, you know, it's an insurance plan. Exactly, it's like an insurance plan. If he needs to go down for a year because he tweaks his elbow pitching, he can still bat. Yeah, and yeah. if he has a problem with running the bases or something because of a uh, some other injury, he can possibly still pitch so i think yeah. that there's like this na a nature to him where he can figure it out and Travis, honestly if something happened where he couldn't pitch for like two years i think he'd be willing to play right field for yeah. those, for those yeah. two years right i almost had this i almost had this devious thought travis angels have had trouble at first base <laughs> i was like we're, we're, we're like yeah. angel fans are saying the most athletic guy on the field is playing first base <laughs> angels fans are saying like you know walsh is not hitting very well i think i think i saw that taylor ward Hunter Renfro and Walsh were like taking Drum balls, infield yeah. grounders at first base together. And I was like, you know what? 
Shohei, get in line. Yeah, yeah. Get, get in line. Because, I mean, we could use some of those guys to DH, but I would I would trust Otani to figure it out at first. Oh, Obviously, yeah. this is strictly conjecture. I'm just yeah. having fun. But I do think that there's something to be said about his ability to, if he'd ever got hurt as a pitcher, but still was able to feel the ball. I don't know. I, I'm sure he would volunteer to play defense. So yep. it just it just shows that how talented he is. But um, My- I, I love your question. I do think that even after this season, it's been... How can you top it? Mm-hmm. I don't know if I'll top it, but I think he'll, I think he'll keep it up. Yeah, I think, I think he'll keep yep. it up. Yep. Uh, my only thing and uh, a concern I always look at, and we brought it up earlier. The first topic was uh, talking about Jacob Degrom. You know, the human body is not made to throw a hundred plus mile an hour consistently. Have a slider at ninety two, ninety three. That's an area that I look at as will that be an impact when Shohei is you know a free agent after the season if he does not have an extension. He's going to be 29 on July 5th. So you're basically getting him for his age 30 and onward um, after the season. So, and some may say, you know, of course, when you hit 30 and go, uh, you know, on towards 40, you know, your, your prime's not over, but your 20s are your prime time days. That That's where you really are, I think, making that. That's how you earn the big bucks to be on these huge contracts in your 30s. Um, yeah, a lot of guys get overpaid because they have tremendous years in their in their late 20s and that really transfers over to a 300 million dollar contract into their 30s and they and they don't quite have the same athleticism or the same skill set and that of course uh translates into a bad contract but of course what i mentioned with shohei he could suck at one and still be really good at the other and the contract will not even be looked at as a you know a waste but it's an area where i look at and say you know what he does is is I, i don't Again, we don't know if it's sustainable. Um, it's been sustainable over the last three years. He honestly cannot believe that everyone on, on the Angels has sustained some injury here or there. I just feel like Shohei, the worst he's ever gotten is a blister on his hand. It, it's just, it's it's unbelievable how of an Iron Man he's been doing both hitting and pitching. It's again, it's it's on another level that I don't know how long it will last and. Uh, what we're watching right now is just, I mean, purely amazing, but it, it is the human body is doing a lot right now. The, Shohei's body is doing things that it's, that it, you know, no human body has ever done before. Right. And, and, you know, it's, it's one way you could put it is appreciate greatness while it's here. Another way, you know, I think it's also factoring the speed component as well. Like you see him beat out these, he'll hit a, he'll hit a, a hard gun or a second baseman and he's trying trying to beat out. I'm, oh, yeah. almost, I'm almost like Shohei, just like you're good. You're gonna be out. It's okay. Yep. Like like let's let's just we you start tomorrow. Let's not let's not pull a hammy. Let's. Uh, he, he's the guy that hits the ball in the air all the time. But even when there's guys on first and second or guys on first where a double play is in order, it's almost like a ground ball is kind of like ah he'll beat it out. Like there's no risk. It's not like a it's not like some of our outfielders or or, or Anthony Rendon or a catcher that's hitting the ball on the ground. It's like okay, this is an easy Taylor made double play. But uh, he could hit the ball on the ground and still. Uh, almost bat 300 because he's going to beat out most of this stuff. But um, good transition there. I know we had to give credit where credit is due. And the week we're seeing with Shohei, it's it's unlike anything we've seen, I think, out of his career, at least on the hitting side. Uh, it's been spectacular. And, and he went up against Ivaldi this past Thursday in Texas. That was like a huge pitching matchup. And he ended up uh, having the uh, the more successful outing than Evaldi. So and he hit um, off him. So. Yeah, and he and he hit off him. So again, it's just it's 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 natural for him. So 
you know, for everyone else, it's, it's superhuman, but that for him, it's, it's, it's just another day, but, uh, anything else you want to cover before we get to the power rankings? No, I think it's time, Travis. All I, th- right. I think it's time for us to get into our power rankings here. Um, we're about halfway through the year, a couple games shy perhaps, but I think it's, you know, you said it was a good time mm-hmm. to kind of give off our top 10 for us. Um, I'll say it's tough. It is still tough because some of these teams, I think I have a sense of kind of what they are and what they can yep. become in the second half, but um, some of them are still tricky. Some of them, it's like, you know, you've had some injuries. How do I, how do I rate you right yep. now? And yep. I expect some differences. I'll put mm-hmm. it that way. I okay. expect us to have some differences. So Good. Um, we'll start off with the one through five. Who should go first? I'll let you start it off. Okay, sounds good. Um, I'll just read off the five and then uh, have you do yours, and then we'll, then we'll have a discussion. But okay. Starting off here, number one, I go Tampa Bay Rays. Number two, I go Atlanta Braves. Three, I go Texas Rangers. Four, Baltimore Orioles. And five, the first big surprise, I have the LA Dodgers. Wow. So they're quite high. But go ahead and give me your five, Travis. I will say similarities, though, Alex. Uh, the top four, we are ding, 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 ding. De- deadlocked. We, we are deadlocked matching. Um, I will say I think that those four teams are special this year. Uh, the run differentials for both the Rays and Rangers are on another level. Um, Atlanta feels like the... Atlanta just feels like the powerhouse in the National League right now with their run differential and also their record. Uh, They just feel like they're just clicking and it almost feels, I don't want to say book it, but like they just feel like they're just making an easy case for like the National League Championship Series. They're the class of the NL right now. They are. And and then just a side note, Corbin Carroll just home run. I had a little (laughs) fantasy notification there, but... uh, so what a guy. So we have the same uh we have the same four, um, but I am actually gonna go a different route. I do like the Dodgers at the five pick, but uh I will be leaning towards I'm gonna go with the Arizona Diamondbacks right now for number five. Uh and they are the second best team in the National League. They've been strong since day one. They have, of course, I think some of the best uh hitting uh is on the Diamondbacks. I mean, Christian Walker. Uh, Lordius Guriel uh, Jr., I believe, and then also Corbin Carroll. Um, uh, I think it's Alec Thomas, uh, McCart- McCarty or McCarthy. Uh, all these guys are just are, are clicking in, and also with the pitching on on the, on you know Zach Gallon being probably the top three Cy Young right now. Uh, they do have, I think, a very strong team uh, when, when it comes to uh, in all aspects. So. I went Arizona at the number five. They've just been, I think they took over the first place spot like a week and a half ago and they just have not let it go. So that is my one through five, pretty similar. Uh, I'll let you go with your next uh, six through 10. I'll give you mine that we can discuss. Sounds good. So starting off with number six, I go to the Houston Astros. Okay. Seven, I go to the Arizona Diamondbacks. Eight. The New York Yankees, nine, the Angels, okay, and ten, the San Francisco Giants. Okay, all right, all right. That's where we uh, now, now we get a little different right now. Um, I am going with the Angels, number six, and I, I don't know. We we do these sometimes, Alex, and we talk about the Angels. We hype them up, and then the next ten days, it just it it just goes downhill. But um, the way they've just been playing, I, I can't ignore it. I have to give them credit. So number six goes to the Angels. 
Number seven goes to the Astros. Uh, I just a good run, a good run differential. They had a sloppy week uh, with, especially with the Reds. I think that they can clean it up. They have the pieces to easily do so, and so they. I think the Astros are going to be just fine. But they're number seven. Number eight, I do go with the Dodgers at thirty nine and thirty three. I think that them too as well. We we know the Dodgers and the Astros. I just think we, we it's it's almost a luck. They're going to be there in the end. At least they're going to be in September playing valuable baseball games. Um, they're just having some struggles right now, but. Both teams, I think, are still uh, very high on the power rankings, at least. Um, number, let's see, that is going to be number, that, I think that was number eight. So number nine, I am going to go with Toronto. Um, I have them over the Yankees just because, I, like I talked about the Yankees, I think they just have so many guys that are, it's just so confusing right now. It is confusing in Toronto, but I just think they have the pieces, especially the players on paper, to be more impactful. Chapman. Uh, Bo Bichette, Vladdy Guerrero, uh, their infield is is electric. And then, of course, the outfield was Springer. Uh, I, I like their team a lot. And then their pitching staff. I know they sent Manoa to his own, like, workout camp. The Shadow Realm. <laughs> they, they didn't even send him to the minors. They sent him to, uh, I think, uh, Dunedin, Florida, where they have their... Uh, the Complex League. Their, and yeah. I think that's where they have all their, like, pitch tracking stuff. And they can, like, they, yes. can, they can have him go to the lab and figure yes. some stuff out. So... They're sending him there. I still, you know, Bassett's been pitching pretty decent. Uh, Gosman is is a top guy looking right now for almost a Cy Young case. So I got to give them, uh, you know, in that aspect where, uh, you know, other teams are are not on that level. Where I, I, I still think that Toronto is a very, very dangerous team. So that is my number nine. And then last but not least, uh, for my last spot, that's where I go with the Giants. Uh, 39 and 32. I think that uh, they made a huge statement this last weekend, sweeping the Dodgers, beating them 15 to nothing. One of the days, I think it was Saturday, they played them and they beat them that that uh, that game. But uh, they they have been uh, on fire over the last uh, week. I think they are set winners of seven in a row. Uh, so the streak is uh, very much alive. And Again, just a team that's just kind of putting all the pieces together. They don't really have a huge, huge name. Mitch Hendiger was kind of their big name. He, I think he broke his wrist, if I'm not mistaken. But, you know, guys like Conforto, Jock, Yastrzemski, J.D. Davis, Lamont Wade Jr., they're all just, they're all chipping away. And they're all, they're all putting together, you know, good seasons to help this team win. So uh, I will give credit as well to the Giants being number 10. But that is how my power rankings go. Um, did, did you have... Did you say Dodgers seven? Dodgers are number eight. eight. Yep. Eight. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So, so Angels, Angels six, uh, Astros seven, Dodgers eight for that. So Okay. Uh, so we, we had all the same except for swapping out uh Yankees with Toronto. No Yankees online. So yeah. so not I mean nine of the teams are the same. So that that's pretty good agreement, I'd say. Um, no I'm, central. <laughs> I'm glad we both had the Giants. I'm glad we both had zero teams from either central division. None, I, of, none of them deserved it. I, I just to, can't, to yeah. be honest. I mean, and and even even with the Twins having you know a, a plus thirty four run differential, and I can't even it, give credit to Milwaukee. They have a minus sixteen run differential, but it's just they're, they're just again it it's just not impressive because they're still five hundred. You know, they're they're just not. They're five hundred. The run differential is nice, but they have an easy strength of schedule. Yep. you're playing against you know at best an average. Uh, yeah. Uh, schedule probably I would say a below average just given the nature of the division that they're in um, but Travis 
let's just quickly run through a couple of the teams we mentioned, even though we agreed on them. I mean, the top three, it's funny how they're building a gap. Um, the top three teams being... And, and who would have thought? The know? Rays, Rangers, and Braves. Um, I, well, I had them... We had them Rays, Braves, then Rangers. Yes. Um, those three teams all have a run differential over 100. Mm-hmm. Positive, a plus 100. No other team is above 50. That's the gap that they're kind of building from between them and the rest of baseball. Um, another interesting note... I, we both agreed on Baltimore in the four spot. They they're not. I think the Rays, Rangers, and Braves are tier one, but I think tier two is the Orioles by themselves. They they just feel like a team that is gonna compete at a high level every night. I don't know if they have the big playmakers like those other three teams, but they I think are a very strong four seed in my opinion. I like that. I'm gonna zag a bit. I do think that. Wow. Where, where are they? Where are they in six weeks? Alex? Wow. Yenier Cano leads them in base offense war. When's the last time a reliever? Hey, you don't talk about the best bullpen in baseball. Talk about when's can, the last talk time? about Cano to Batista. How, how, how are you? How are you I, hitting that? I'm in. I'm in utter disbelief. When's the last time a playoff team had the, a reliever lead them in war? And it's not even like their main closer. <laughs> it's their setup. But that is crazy. But so, but Rushman is like obviously the the franchise guy. But Tyler Wells having a good year. Austin Hayes, Mullins, guys are just kind of contributing. Batista has been amazing, of course. Um, I just do expect there to be some some regression here and there. You know, I think Kyle Gibson maybe falls back a bit. Maybe he ends up staying below a four ERA. We'll see. But Gunner's been picking up the pace. Uh, he has. He's been, Alex. I, I you dropped him in fantasy. Dropped him. Someone picked him up, and I, he just gave me the middle finger. He he gave me he gave me the now his name's coming out of my head. The old Yankee. Oh, he's giving you the. Uh, the Aaron Hicks treatment. He's giving me the Aaron Hicks treatment right now. Yep, yep. I, I I'm not a big fan of Gunnar, Gunnar Henderson right now because it was it was brutal the first 50 45 games. I, I was just I I didn't want to get rid of him because I was I knew that a, a, a moment like this was going to occur. But I said, yeah, I think I'll get rid of you for Anthony Rendon and how'd that go? Not going well. So, but but uh, that being said, about your point on the on the Orioles, we agree that they're fourth. But for me. The only reason why I do have them fourth above a team like um, the Dodgers, the uh, Diamondbacks, the Yankees, the Angels, I think the difference maker for the Orioles is just I have a lot of respect for them competing in that division. Yep. Being second place True. in that division where you're playing so many games against the Yankees. Against Everyone's the over Blue, 500. Against the Blue yep. Jays, against the Red Sox. I mean, Travis, when when the A's come to town for the Angels, or even when we play the Mariners, I'm kind of like, okay, like, like let's take care of business here. Yep. Like, like the expectation is to win the series. Mm-hmm. But the easiest break you get in the AL East is like, oh, I got to go to Fenway. Great. Yep. Like, this yep. is going to suck. Yep. Like, someone's going to go off on their team, or some pitcher is going to shut us down. It's just going to be something after another um, – or, or even in, go yeah in that division. Y- y- Yankee Stadium and Fenway that's probably the two 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 hardest places to play and then you got to go to a place like the Tropicana in Tampa where I I don't really know what to make of it. I'm just sure I think when you enter that stadium all 
like happiness and momentum for your team just dies because it's just like it's just not an attractive park. I think it happens when you you're cross in this the, dome. When you, when you cross the border, I think it, it happens. You're just kind of like <laughs> <It's> Canada. <laughs> what do we make of it? And then and then yeah, this team just kicks the living crap out of you. And then of course yeah, you got to go to Toronto. You got to go to Canada, and so then that's another uh, uh, hurdle as well to go through. But yeah, I, but, it, it's a it's it's a juggernaut division, and as this, it always is usually. Right, and but this year in particular, there's kind of no weak spot. And then moving on from from that top four. I had the Dodgers five a bit higher than you mm-hmm. did. And for me, it really just comes down to, first of all, they have a really good run differential. Their run differential is better than, it is better than the Diamondbacks run differential. Yes. Yep. Um, it is just a touch worse than the Giants. The Giants somehow have best run differential in that division. But um, look at- surprisingly, the Padres. They, have, they I mean, they are literally one run away from uh, being over the Arizona Diamondbacks. And Arizona could be the worst out of the four, you know. Yeah, and that's why, why and that's why I didn't have the Diamondbacks in the top five. The run differential was not that impressive. I do think that they're getting so much contribution from so many guys that the Diamondbacks will probably be here to stay. But there's just some guys that are hot for them, like Lourdes Gurriel, that um, amongst other guys, not to single him out, but I just think that um, there's guys who are contributing that, in my mind, are not going to be this type of guy for the the length of the full season. Of course, other guys could step up in their place. But I think the Dodgers, Travis, they are really operating in a... I don't even know what to make of it. Like, it's just every week they're calling up a guy um, from the from the minors. Every week they're sending a guy to the injured list. They've endured so many, I would say, you know, troubles or hardships with different guys getting hurt. And they have a huge payroll, so it's like... You can't feel too much sympathy for them because they've paid enough talent to kind of fill the gaps. But, I mean, just looking at, like, the guys on their team, like Trace Thompson is in a 68 IL. Muncy was their MVP for the first, like, month and a half. He's on the 10-day IL now. Um, You go down the list about guys who are hurt right now. Um, Bickford is hurt. Um, Urias is hurt. Dustin May is hurt. Uh, Syndergaard is hurt, even though he was doing really badly anyways. Um, Kershaw's been really good. Gonsolin's been solid, but Gonsolin, I think, is going to regress here a bit. Um, either way, Travis, it's just kind of crazy to me to see so much. You know, it's like next man up, next man up, next man up. And they've been doing that, I feel like, all season. And they still have almost the best run differential in their division, True. even though they are third. I did see something. Um, some So MLB released their power rankings this week, and they also had the Dodgers above the Giants and some fans in the comments and in and Twitter were saying like what the heck like you know the Giants have a better record and a better run differential and they just and swept. they just swept you <laughs> like this is Dodgers bias and even though Travis I get where that fans coming from you want to be rewarded for playing well for the Giants I am someone who's probably biased against the Dodgers but I will go out here and say I think they're the better team than the Giants. Mm-hmm. I, I think that you can look at the results so far and be impressed, but I just think that the Dodgers have this depth of minor league talent. Um, their ability ability to turn kind of almost no-name guys that they get off waivers into top contributors, I think that it really just comes down to if they end up being healthy down the stretch, they're still up there with the Braves as the class of the mm-hmm, NL. Mm-hmm. Even though things have not been super pretty this year, the fans are used to having higher expectations. I still think if they get healthy by October, if they roll into the playoffs with Kershaw, Urias, Gonsolin, um, May, let's yep, say, yep. and then some rookies as depth, you know, 
Bobby Miller has been really solid overall. Um, his first few starts were, were great, and they still have a good bullpen. Of course, they always do. Um, I still think there's so much to like. Betts and Freeman uh, are both having some of their best seasons, at least their best seasons in Dodger Blue, you might be able to say. Um, JD's picked up some of the offense a bit as well. Will Smith has had his best offensive season, I believe. So there's things to like, even though some of it's not all working out um, right away. I think that they always have a knack for figuring it out. So um, any problem with my Dodgers evaluation there? Um, I know five is a bit high. You had them at, at, at eight, eight, but yep. um, it's it's them and the Astros are on that level of they're, they're, the they're low, spot, but they're of. but they're just they're not. They're having some bad luck with injuries and they're having to figure things out, but they're going to be in it in the end. Um, they're going to continuously probably being on this power ranking top 10 list as the season progresses, but they just are hitting some bumps in the road. I just figured right now getting swept at home against your rival Giants, uh, it it earned you a spot probably, yeah, in the eighth seed. But like you said, I, I, I think probably some Giants fans would look at that and say, why are we number 10 and Dodgers are eight and we just swept them? I just think that uh, San Fran has gotten a little bit lucky here and there. I, I don't think I, I don't I still don't think I don't think San Fran's going to be a playoff team. But I mean, right now they are in position to be a playoff team. But I just uh, I, I right now think that, you know, Padres and Dodgers can kind of climb back into this as uh, as the months go on and the dog days of summer get here. Um, but again, we, we've been surprised. I think 2021 caught us all by surprise with the Giants being 107 wins that year. But Again, I, I think looking at the overall picture, the Dodgers are a better team than the Giants. Uh, yeah, they're a half game worse than the Giants right now. But uh, I think overall in, in the bigger picture, they will finish the season better than San Fran. Um, and then, you know, again, Arizona, I think is just having a good time being the only team 40 or higher uh, win totals right now in the West. So uh, they got to keep on playing uh, smart baseball because, again, a team like this Dodgers, they, they, they could play and I expect them to have a, a incredible, you know, second half. I expect them to go, um, go do well in August, September. And, and if I had to put money on Alex right now, I think right now I'm still putting money. The Dodgers are going to win the West. Um, they're, they're, there's really nothing saying that they won't win the West, even though the, the hurdles are so much bigger this year. Uh, they, they're still smart in the front office. They have still the prospects to, uh, make deals. And so I, I think that they're, they're just fine. They're gonna they're gonna make some some trades. They're gonna make some trades at the deadline. Don't be surprised if you see some big names coming over to LA to pitch for them in August and September. So uh, that's all I got to say about that. I, I agree. And and there's also this idea that they're saving up money for this coming off season. We all know Otani will most likely be um, testing the open market. And if that's the case, the Dodgers are an obvious suitor. Travis, quick little time for an Angel fan to take a quick a quick victory lap just in case. We crash and burn. I got. I got to say it now, in case the chance is longer available in the future. But everyone has been talking. The Dodgers are going to have the money. The Mets are going to have the money. The Yankees are going to have the money. I don't. I don't think the, the Mets want to spend another dime with what they're doing now. No, but Travis, this is my point. All those teams are have the money, and Otani wants to play for a winner, right? Angels have a better record than all those teams exactly. at the moment. They have exactly. a better record than the Dodgers currently. A better record than the Yankees. A better record than the Mets. If Otani wants to play for a winner, might as well stay in Anaheim. That's, I, that, 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 that's, that's, my, that's my little joke of the day there because I don't expect the Angels to finish above all those teams yep. per se. But 
Um, quick, quick, quick. I, uh, I, I will mention ahead, that ahead. this past week I was uh, on a business trip to Chicago. So I went to a Cubs game first time at Wrigley Field. It was so awesome and sweet. My one buddy that I went to the game with, I played baseball with in college. Uh, he was under the impression and the hype that Otani will be a Cub next year. And I, I, I kind of laughed and I said, you know, the Cubs have to be a winning team. Like, yeah, they may have the money, but they have to be a winning team. And he's like, oh, like we have the pieces, like we'll, we'll be there. And I, I just, again, I, I, I just kind of laughed and said like, ha, that, that, that's a good one, man. Like, you know, that, that's, and, and, and his main argument too was say, yeah, Suzuki on the team and him and Shohei are good friends. And that's the main reason I'm like, you can say fr- that, friendship can go a long way, but you can say the same about the Padres with Darvish. Yep. You can say the same thing about Yoshida with the Red Sox. I mean, there's plenty of talented Japanese players across the league and Otani may, I mean, honestly, it's not crazy for yeah. him to go to the Cubs. It's not impossible, yep. but I think it's unlikely, obviously. Well, why, why doesn't Shohei just go to the Brewers and just get an easy skate into the playoffs every single year? You know, just just be that big bat and that pitcher behind, pitcher with Corbin Burns and those other guys. And then there's they could, 86 he, wins. Win the 80, division 86 year. wins just kind of cruise into the playoffs and, and get home buys every single year. But you have to play in the wild card series. But again, you're right about that. The Dodgers. The Yankees, the Mets, all teams that we're talking highly on, uh, we're going to have Shohei next year. Because he um, wants to play for a winner. Some of these teams, I I don't think the – I almost want to say I don't, I don't even know if the spending would be right for them. Like I don't think the Mets should spend that much money on a guy like – for on, on one player. I don't think the Yankees should spend – all that money on one player the because should not because they have so many guys already locked they up on huge depth. deals and so i mean imagine you told the yankees or the mets you have 200 million dollars next year going to four different players and now you have to spend the rest of your what 70 million dollars on the last 24 pieces it's i, I mean and I, you're gonna I, get 50 I, that to show hey I, I exactly I, I think it'd be a disaster i think you have to be as a team next year you have to be smart and you, and, and you know what maybe there's a team out there that's kind of just lurking um in in the bushes and and is waiting to strike to to get a guy like him so um yeah uh, that last point to bring about Shohei. i know we keep talking about this on doomsday <laughs> uh well, well, well at some point you know end of the season we'll have like uh, maybe we'll do like a little draft between you and I. Yep. We'll draft uh, the best suitors for Otani. I wonder where Angels, it depends on, of course, the second half of the season here, but I wonder where Angels will land on that list because oh, yeah. they will prepare a big bid. I know that Artie wants to keep him uh, around. I do know that uh, Angels have been very prone to spending on big names. It would not, it's not. No, it's, yeah. It's completely in the realm of possibility of the Angels prepare the best offer or one of the best offers. Um, it comes down to if Otani um, is satisfied. And I think that if the Angels make the playoffs, I don't know why he wouldn't be satisfied, especially if a team like the Mets misses out or the Padres miss out. You're going to go there instead? I'm, I'm not so sure. Artie, I would say, is is a businessman first. Um, he wants the big names to play for the Angels, and um, Shohei would be the biggest business investment of his lifetime. And, I mean just looking at even the sponsors, you're already winning that deal. You know, you're already getting billions of dollars in revenue by having Shohei wearing that Jersey for the rest of his career. Cause the day he signs that team long-term, you know, those, those jerseys and those, and the ticket sales are just going to go, you know, if he goes back to the angels, not ticket sales, but if he goes to the East coast or somewhere, those ticket sales are going to go through the roof. Uh, Jersey sales will go through the roof. I mean, he's already being sold at, uh, at Yankee stadium. I know when, when he went to Yankee stadium this past year or a couple months back, 
um, they had a picture of Otani and Judge, and it was it was the battle of of these two. It was it was it was shirts being sold at Yankee Stadium that literally had Otani on the jersey and all that. But one thing I will say is, and this is a big spot, and I think this is this is a big spot in the Angels looking at resigning him is. The health of the of the farm system right now, Alex, looks really good for the Angels. And I think Shohei can look at that and say, I'm going to build off that. And we have so much youth on the team that the Angels can afford me. But also, I think we can start looking at, you know, will they make some trades? Will they have a lot of guys to kind of grow up with? We're getting a lot of good contributors right now from guys like Mickey Moniak. Adele comes back for one game and hits a nuke. Um, could he be a, a spark if we don't trade him? You know, I know they have other guys down in the system. They got a, a stud catcher, uh, Edgar Cuero in double A. They got a stud first baseman, Trey Cabbage, who's playing, I mean, some of the best raw power in triple A right now. Um, I, I really wonder if the health of the farm system is it's gonna be have to be a big factor with a lot of these teams. And, if, and the fact that Neto and um Logan O'Hoppy are already like putting up. Oh, very valuable the year. Yeah, yeah. Very I mean, valuable yeah. seasons already at the big league level. Yep. And they're like early 20s. Because right? you got to think, I mean, after this year, you have, what, three more years of Rendon. And once that contract's kind of done and over with, then you kind of can now focus on, okay, now you have Trout and Otani. Yeah, both those players combined are nearing $90 million. But now you can at least look at some of these other guys um, as, you know, uh, cheap but very valuable pieces. I mean, I don't think Ward, Moniak, Neto, and Ohapi are going to be making, you know, huge paydays anytime soon. So, you know, it, I, I think that's a good place to start looking at because at, you could say all you want about give him any give him any any kind of deal he wants, give him all the money in the world. But at some point, you got to look down and look at the finances and say, does this even make sense to give the guy like this 500, 600 million dollars? Because if we commit, for example, the Mets, I think what Scherzer and Verlander are both making 40 plus million dollars next year. They almost like took him out of the, the race so, for Otani, it felt like at the time. Yeah, and then yeah. based on their record right now, Charles, I wrote down a quick question here and it actually wasn't for you. I wrote down a question and it was to Artie Moreno in my notes. And you know what I wrote? I just put, can you, can you taste it? Because I, I think that. That should be directed towards Artie and Perry. Well, it's up to, it's not strictly up to Perry. I, I think, you know, if we are in a playoff position to the deadline, I think that they both will probably agree. It's to time make, to start trading to prospects. Make, to make moves yep. to win now, to win this season, because yep. we have Trout and Otani at the same time, and it could be the last time. So if it's going to be the last time and we're in the playoff position, you got to go out with the bang and try to win it all. All this being said, Travis, um, this just comes down to, it's it's always been like you said a business for Artie. It's always been you know he he said he was gonna sell a team and then he said I have unfinished business. We're gonna run it back. Mm -hmm. I'm gonna stick around. If he really meant that, you know we're having a pretty good outcome here. Like yep. I think if you told any Angels fan, you know, it's it's, Ju it's June nineteenth and we have a better record than the Astros and the Dodgers. It's June nineteenth yeah. and we are the sole owner of the second wild card spot. Any fan's taking that. Of course. Any yeah. fan is taking that. And the momentum is on our side at the moment. We have some injuries we're dealing with, and we're still... I mean, we have, to be frank, a lot of injuries we're dealing with, and we're still putting up great um, you know, series against other good teams. I mean, the fact that Rendon's hurt again, Neto was hurt, had to call up Andrew Velasquez, who's yep. 
the worst hitter I've ever seen in my life, but at least he has a good glove. Urshela um, broke his... He broke his pelvis running to first base somehow. So another angel freak injury, but yeah, yeah. I mean, Max Stassi has made zero appearances this season. I hope everything's okay with him. You, you almost would, if it's almost like if you ask your, if you, if you would have asked me, you know, opening day, you know, if I just showed Stassi's you Stassi's not playing a game yet. Uh, oh, Hoppy breaks out and then immediately is out for like torn labrum out yeah. for four months. Or Shella's got a broken pelvis. I mean, you're just kind of like it's it's the same roller coaster. It's the same story we've been it's the same rabbit hole we've been going down every single year. But uh, we've we improved depth. And it's not even like Drury is hitting the ball well, but it's not even like Renfro is having a career year. It's not even like Shella is having a year. career year. Yeah, it's just that those guys. Drury, Urshela, and Renfro, and Moniak, they are simply just way better than the like six than the six nine six through nine hitters <laughs> of the last two years. Yes. Guys yeah. like Jack Mayfield, Villar, Andrew Velasquez, Tyler Wade, Juan Lagares. I mean, Travis, we could list off 20 names of guys who are just not on the caliber, uh, don't meet expectations for being teammates with uh guys like Trout and Otani. All this being said, Travis, I just kind of want to, I just kind of want to ask ownership and also the front office. I, the thing is, I, I feel very confident that Perry is committed to winning. Um, I think that all of his moves have been positive, except for maybe a couple misses. I think Taylor Anderson has proven to be a very yep. Yep. questionable signing so far. Um, I think he's a three-year deal. This yep. is the first one. Yep. Um, still plenty of time for him to turn things around. He's a weak contact guy, so I feel like we just gotta like put all our best defenders like call up Fletcher and just only put like the best four infielders we have defense wise when Anderson starts because he just forces all these ground balls. And if we can't convert them to outs, um, there's no point, hey, but, but, but we're catching a break with, I mean, Canning and Berea are, are providing to be and insanely that's, valuable. And that's part year. of the depth that I think it just improved. It's just improved right now that has not been there the last couple seasons. So that's, I was kind of want to make sure ownership, Artie, I hope you are aware of kind of how the team is doing right now. This is not this is not going to be a time where mid-July, if we're in the same spot in a month from now, I don't want to hear about, you know, um, oh, the team's playing well. That's great. Like, no, 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 no. Yeah. Like this, like this is your chance right here. Yeah, like this yeah. is quite possibly your chance. If everyone else stays healthy and the team keeps playing how they're playing right now. So go get I, Shane Bieber. I well, <laughs> hey, I mean that I'm that, I'm definitely not ruling that out, but I just something like yeah. like like let's when was the last time we were buyers Travis? yeah yeah dan heron <laughs> i'm trying to think of guys that we got at the trade deadline i mean zach granke we were we were huge buyers we gave up gene segura for that we're talking about a decade ago yeah i mean and since we've been buyer, i mean we really need to do something here um and then you of know, course the, the nice uh shane victorino and daniel murphy and uh you know others were were nice pickups back in i think at 20 2015 or 16 so it's, it's good stuff you yeah. know but i <laughs> Pastor think prime kind of guys yeah. I, I think you and i are in agreement that it just comes down to impact pieces that can contribute this year maybe you want uh, a third baseman because rendon is shaky and with health and urshela is going to be injured for a while here so maybe you go for a third baseman at the deadline i would always be happy with a starting pitcher at the deadline yep. um bullpen arms as well um are always uh good even though i feel like we're just calling up tons of minor league depth yep. for the bullpen, and they've been pretty successful overall. Um, all that being said, Travis, I just want to make sure that ownership understands the importance of this season and the spot we're in right now. But Travis, any other 
thoughts on our top tens. I think we pretty much covered everybody. It's yeah, it's a it's, it's a, a good list. I think we, it, we 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 did a good job a, on there. Yeah. A lot of tough stuff. I think the biggest. If I told you, Travis, on June nineteenth, we're gonna post. This is preseason. If I tell you June nineteenth, we're gonna post our all or I guess our current power ranking top ten teams. It will not include the Padres, the Mets, the Cardinals. Yours are not going to include the Yankees or the Mariners. You'd be like, who's on the list then? Like, yeah, those yeah. are all these teams that have been like playoff locks last couple years. Yeah, even surprised the Rays. I thought the Rays would be really, hopefully, competing for a three seed right now or a three spot in the division. They're, you know, I do not think they're going to be number one. And then, of course, Rangers are surprised. Baltimore's a surprise. Dynamics are a surprise. There's always some surprises, but yep. this year it seems like a lot of these teams are. Where did you come from? Baltimore yes. as in that mix. So it's just, it's just kind of crazy. Yes. Yep. Um, but that pretty much wraps up everything I wanted to cover uh, for the day, Travis. A nice kind of lengthy episode. Now that we're kind of back in the groove of things here, um, that that covers everything I wanted to go over. So we can uh, go ahead and just thank the listeners who made it this far um travis hope you have a great birthday tomorrow um hope you enjoy your wedge and your steak um but most the, importantly at, that that old fashioned is gonna that's gonna hit different. a couple yeah. a couple, uh, a couple. Yeah. Oh, yeah. you gotta oh, yeah. treat yourself yeah. uh for the big two six but uh listeners um uh, we appreciate you so much and we'll talk to you guys next week presented by tool tools podcast <laughs>